Welcome to the Alternative GCSE podcast. I'm your host, Emma, and I've been working in education now for over 12 years in various different roles. This podcast tackles some of the wider issues in education and hopefully will spark some more conversations to drive change so that every single child and teenager can be fully supported to grow into well-rounded, happy and successful adults. So let's get started. Hello. So this week is all about university. University is said to be the pinnacle of education and something that education leads up to. The number of graduates or people completing university actually kind of explains or gives a story into the countries that will lead future economies around the world. And in 2019-2020, there were 761,000 just over that degrees um, given to people. So we have a lot of graduates every year going through our system. But many people leave university with a degree and a huge amount of debt. So whilst there are a lot of positives about university life and all the freedoms it offers the fresh-faced 18-year-old undergraduates, there are still some issues with it. And throughout this episode, we will be exploring them. So for a lot of parents... The 11 plus is the biggest deal in their children's lives. In the UK, as I've mentioned on a previous episode, parents will literally spend thousands of pounds ensuring their child gets into the right school. And for many of these families, it is because ensuring the right secondary school place puts their children on the right trajectory to enable their ultimate success at getting a place at one of the top UK universities. So much so that that people will even sell their houses and move nearer to the school. Now, in the UK, much like in most of the other countries in the world, there are top universities. And I'm going to go into some information because I just was fascinated by this as I was researching uh, for it today. And to achieve even a place at one of the top universities is something of an accolade. These universities include the classic Oxford and Cambridge universities. Oxford is said to have been teaching academia from around 1096, but the amount of students excelled later in King King Henry's era of 1167 when he banned students from attending the University of Paris. Now, Oxford operates the world's oldest university museum as well as the largest university press in the world and the largest academic library system nationwide. In the financial year ending in 2019 the university had a total income of and it's really staggering 2.54 billion pounds of which 624.8 million was from research grants and contracts. So most of the fees uh, a tribute to that 2.45 billion. Oxford has educated a wide range of alumni, and alumni is a name or the word given, just those of you that haven't heard of it before, um, to people that have attended university and they 
refer back to their place where they studied. Um, the alumni includes the Oxford 29 Prime Ministers of the UK and many heads of state and government around the world. As of October 2022, 73 Nobel Prize laureates, four field medalists and six Turing Award winners have studied, worked or held fellowships at the University of Oxford, while its alumni have won 160 Olympic medals. Oxford is the home of numerous scholarships, including the Rhodes Scholarship, one of the oldest international graduate scholarship programmes. In contrast, Cambridge is a newer university and it was founded in the 13th century. Um, By both size and material assets, Cambridge is actually the wealthiest university in Europe and among the wealthiest in the world. In 2019, the Central University, excluding colleges, had an income of £2.192 billion and £592.4 million, of which was from research grants and contracts. Basically, everything involved in Cambridge, including net assets, historical assets and buildings, all come to £12.5 billion. They also have, of course, the Cambridge University Press and assessments, which many of you have actually taken place uh, and do carry out GCSEs and A-levels. That also is a big earner for them. In actual fact, their publications reach in excess of 8 million learners globally each year, which works out about 50 million learners, teachers and researchers monthly. It's huge, absolutely huge. There are, of course, many great universities steeped in history, and it is one of the biggest businesses in the UK to draw in international students. And one reason why the grade boundaries are so high to get in or entry requirements, um, as it's listed, with the top universities being members of the Russell Group. Now, the Russell Group was founded in 1994 by 17 universities to ensure that and the Russell Group states that its aim is to help ensure that our universities have the optimum conditions in which to flourish and continue make social, economic and cultural impacts through their world-leading research and teaching. They're still arguably the best universities in the UK and I put best in quotation marks um, because they produce the best researchers and also graduates who go on to successfully obtain quite prestigious jobs. Now, I don't want this podcast to be a history lesson, but it's really staggering the sheer amount of history and money involved in universities in general, especially these ones. As of 2022, the average undergraduate, so as a person completing their first degree in full-time university education, is they're accumulating quite a lot of debt. I had to stop there because I was thinking, where am I? Um, Yeah, they're accumulating a lot of debt. So there was a recently published article published by D. Clark, um, September of this year, actually. And he found that in 2021, students graduating from English universities will have incurred, on average, over £45,000 worth of debt compared to 27.6 thousand in Wales, 24.7 thousand uh, pounds in Northern Ireland and around 15.2 thousand pounds in Scotland. Now, of course, if you are considering university, debt and money and how we're going to pay for it is quite a big factor of considering going to it in the first place. 
Of course, the average graduate does indeed tend to earn more money long term. But to put it in perspective, a person who does not go to university, but goes on to do an apprenticeship, which whereas they get no debt at all, and they actually get paid, um, roughly earns the same amount long term. And I'm going to cover apprenticeships a lot more next week. Um, It's really interesting and exciting. And there are a lot more apprenticeships available. And you're going to be quite staggered by that episode next week. But a graduate recruiting company suggested back to universities a graduate recruiting recruiting company suggested that the average starting salary for graduates can be anything between 18,000 up to 37,000 pounds depending on the degree uh, the graduate is graduating in and actually graduate trainees in the property sector are the highest paid and the lowest paid graduates funnily enough are in the education sector now I wanted to also talk to you about my own personal university experience. And I went to university back a long time ago. In 2008, I started when I was 18. And back then, the yearly tuition fees were around £3,000, just over. And I did really love university. And it was the very first time I was learning in an incredible amount of depth, something that I actually wanted to learn, as opposed to something I had to learn because it was just in an options box that I had to take at school. The degrees on offer back then are nothing like the degrees on offer now. And I'm pretty envious of all you guys starting out looking for your courses. When I was there, I loved meeting people from a wide range of backgrounds, being spoken to like an adult and respected for being at university for the very first time. I mean, it was at times quite overwhelming having to write in an academic way. And I did spend hours poring over books and ideas, trying to get essays to flow and ideas to merge together in my mind. But it was great. Not only did I have essays to write, but there were lectures to attend where the lecturers, the teachers, were mostly passionate about what they taught. And we did work in small teams, delivered presentations, as well as a practical aspect of my degree, which, of course, was in the classroom because my degree was in education. I left university I went to Hertfordshire University with a really good degree in education which got me a job straight away like within a couple of months I was in a job and it was great but there was not much difference in pay between the part-time role at the cinema I had whilst I was doing my degree and my full-time primary school teacher job it was actually about 200 pounds extra a month that I was getting and it did leave me a little bit deflated I mean I did love my job and I was teaching and that was always my dream but it was a bit strange that there wasn't much difference in the pay after I'd slogged my guts over this degree for three years but what you've got to think about in terms of university is that it's a stepping stone. Not only are you learning about new ideas, but you'll also end up networking with a bunch of people that may actually become your lifelong friends. So right now it's October time and I'm having quite a few conversations now with year 12s because it's openly openly open days all around the country for universities to show off their university in the same way that secondary schools show off their schools to new year seven parents but I want to bring the conversation down from year 12 and into year 11 and 10 because as many of you know schools are helpful to a point but I'm going to share with you some things I tell my students when they're deciding what to pick and choose at university 
And there are very few careers advice people and services left in the UK. So it may just help you if you're a parent or yourself, if you were grappling with the idea of what to do next. Maybe you've decided that this is going to be your next step after you leave sixth form or college, or maybe you've got no idea what it's all about, but grab a pen and paper and have a note down of these questions to ask yourself before you go for it. Okay, so the first thing you need to think about is what do you love the most? What gets you excited and forces your brain to run away for hours and you just lose yourself? Is it sport? Is it music, meeting people, designing and creating? Do you spend hours watching documentaries on a specific topic and end up researching something very peculiar for a long time? (laughs) If something is springing to mind as I'm saying this, write it down. But if nothing is springing to mind, then maybe at the moment university is something you can delay until you find your thing. You know, many people take gap years and my brother had absolutely no idea what he wanted to do when he left school. He was deputy head boy. He did amazingly well in his A-levels. He took maths and geography, and I can't remember the other one. Sorry, Chris. Um, But he did really well. But he wasn't sure about the right path to take. So instead, he got a job at Sainsbury's for a year whilst he figured out. I think he ended up being there two years. I can't remember. But in the end, he decided that he wanted to do politics. And so he just basically applied. And because he already had his A-levels, because he was about 19 when he uh, actually applied, He got an unconditional offer straight away and he knew he was going there the following um, autumn. Waiting is better than just picking something because people expect you to go or your friends go. University is pretty expensive, but it's also a huge waste of your time if you enter into it half-heartedly. Many of you will end up moving away from home and it can be quite isolating if you end up doing a course that you're only kind of half way through and you just don't really like it and so what I'm saying is in this first thing to note down is you have to do something you love there are thousands of courses and I help people choose courses all the time there are thousands of courses on UCAS ranging from robotics to engineering to marketing to law to business to um, aerospace engineering to computer science game design art museum curators like so many courses out there and you just need to look So this is the second thing. (laughs) My points are very long. If you do have your thing, then you need to search on UCAS. UCAS, just type that in on any search engine. It will come up for courses. I was helping one boy figure out actually just this week what he wanted to do. And he told me he loves sport. He said, I don't really know what I do, but I quite like sport. So after half an hour, we were able to discover what he actually wanted to do. We looked for sport courses and believe it or not, there are actually 2000 different degrees in the UK just for sport. We then narrowed the search and found a sports therapist degree that he really liked the look of. He would end up dealing with players. He'd end up doing some practical hands-on stuff at some kind of football team. I'm sorry, I'm really bad with uh, football, but it was some kind of football team that he'd work with because universities often pair up with local businesses um, enable to, to enable people to have hands-on practical experience in terms of their degree. And that's something you should look out for. You also want to see where the university is and go and see it. I remember I knew that I wanted to be a primary school teacher. So I think when I was in year 10, 
that was the very first time I went to look at universities with my parents, which seems really early. But I think the earlier, the better, because once you are able to figure out what you want to do, you can then go and explore where you want to go. It's a big decision to move away from home or do all of this stuff. And if you're leaving it till you're 12, it may be too late. Maybe you haven't worked hard enough at that point. And maybe you've limited yourself because you were not motivated. So around year 10, I honestly think, is a good time to start looking and questioning all these ideas. You also want to see where it is, as I said, and check the entry requirements. So entry requirements are basically like the type of A-levels that you need to get into a course. They're all on the website and it's really easy to look at them and compare different courses. As I say, it's crucial that you pick courses that you know you can get onto. Otherwise, you'll be disheartened when you're not offered a place. Don't aim for Oxford, which will be three AAA stars. <laughs> there isn't a touch thing as a AAA star, but there will be three A stars. If you are getting going to get Cs, it's just not worth it. So just be realistic about the courses that you look at and also your expectations. And also, if you're in year 10 and you know you want to go to Oxford or you know that you want to go to um, University College London to do something, then you have something to really push towards and there's no reason why you can't get there. So the other thing I want to say is maybe think of a second option and chat to people about it. Ask your parents if they're able to contribute towards the fees and if not, you must read up about it all. This is going to be the first ever debt you will potentially have and it's a big one. So you want to make sure it's managed and well thought through. You don't want to just blindly go into it and sign your life away for something that you don't really want to do. You also want to have a look at student finance and see if you're eligible for grants. Now, grants are basically free money, <laughs> which is great, uh, but they're depending on your circumstances. So how much your parents earn, if you get free school meals right now, um, that kind of thing. That will all depend on grants. Also, you can be awarded scholarships. So if you're an exceptionally bright student, and I don't like to say it like that, but if you do really well in school and work really hard, doesn't mean to say um, that you're gifted, but it just means say that you work hard and get good grades, then you can actually get scholarships for certain courses. And that's something definitely that my brother did um, get for his degree. And it's something that I've heard of many people getting where you get partially paid um, fees. So you don't have to pay as much. It's well worth looking into. Also, don't forget, you can also go to university in different countries. So there's loads of different options available to you. The other thing, as I kind of mentioned already, is time. You don't have to apply to university until you're in year 12 and your college or sixth form. We'll talk about it and how to do this. But you want to ensure that this process is talked about and thought through during year 10, as I've said. It seems crazy, but if you don't have an idea of where you want to go, you may not work hard enough and you won't you're basically shutting doors for yourself. So being prepared is the only way to ensure that you get onto a course you want and into a job and a life that you can only dream about right now. And nothing should be closed off. You should always be in a position where you're looking ahead to see what's next. Now, I've given you so much information here. I also want to point out to you that you do not have to go to Oxford and Cambridge University to be the best or get the best paid job. In fact, some people that end up going there really don't like it because of all the rules and ceremony, which is steeped in history. 
some people prefer to go to a university town like Leeds, Manchester or Nottingham where it's more relaxed and more of the people are a lot younger. You may decide to stay at home and commute to save a bit of money and work during your degree like I did. So you can come out debt free. The other truth is that you can do university at any time. You can go anywhere in the world and study and you can study much later in life. I mean, I'm hoping to do my master's in the next couple of years because now my little one is getting older and I'm really excited about going back and learning even at my age. But learning should excite you. And if academic study does not excite you, um, researching doesn't excite you, then university may not be for you. And that is actually okay. Whatever you decide, it's absolutely crucial that you go to university because you want to. Your parents or friends may be piling the pressure on for you to go because it's expected of you. But there are other options with great earning potential. And next week, we will be discussing the benefits and also the rise in popularity of apprenticeships. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I will be seeing you or hearing about you. You'll be hearing from me more like um, next week. Until then, have a great week. Mm-hmm.